Hi, my name is Carlos Plummer. This is my brother, Kyle. Welcome to the Super Image LTD podcast, where we bring you discussions with independent filmmakers and collaborators that we've that we've met over the years and other people that we find interesting in the industry. And tonight, uh, we're doing a very special episode because we are interviewing um, Carla Patullo. That's how you say your last name, yes? Uh, Patullo. Patullo? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the double L throws me off. That's, that's, that's okay. That's my Spanish tongue. <laughs> yeah, no, that's how you would say it in Spanish, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Patulo, yes. Carla Patulo. Um, I don't know if you still go by White Widow Music. Um, yeah, I have yeah, a band. How it was when I met you. Yep. But we met at the Docutaw Film Festival in, I believe it was 2017. It was, uh, it was a while back. Um, but over the years after that film festival, we've just uh, kind of stayed in touch over social media and seen where, where we've all gone. And um, it's big honor to be able to interview you tonight on this episode of the podcast. So um, I wanted to start out by just kind of seeing where exactly you've come from and where, where you want to go. Just kind of a brief summary of what got you into composing and what got you into the, the place you're at now. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I basically started off as a performer in a rock band called White Widow. And, um, and just, you know, we, we kind of just played all over the place. We got in our van and toured all over the place, did the whole thing. And, um, and then um, I, I landed a gig where I think it was at South by Southwest. I uh, ended up playing a show. It was this, supposed to be this like mis- this agency put together this show with like Sandra, uh, with, uh, not Sandra Bernhard, um, Sandra O. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Like, and, and a bunch of comedians and Margaret Cho. And, and so that was cool, right? So it was like all these people were supposed to come and then they ended up not coming. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so we had like the venue, everything. It was like a, an independent South by Southwest party. And we ended up getting um, Sandra Bernhard convincing her to come. And, um, and so she came out and my band was playing at the, at the show. And, um, and she ended up really like bonding with us and asking, um, asking us to go on tour. And, um, and then that kind of grew into me being her music director. And that's where things turned for me, uh, where I started working on music that, you know, just wasn't about my, myself. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and, and that was like a segue actually for me being on stage and doing theater work, going into film and composing for film, uh, which is a bulk of the work that I do now. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And so I just, you know, um, been a journey and it's still a journey. I've, you know, try to do different things, you know, mainly film composing, but um, uh, I'm working on a musical as well and an album. Yeah. I try to just keep, keep it going. Everything kind of inspires everything. So what was it like working on, you know, going from that transition uh, when you've tackled your first project that definitely was a film project, what was that like? Was that daunting? Was that kind of scary? Was it exciting? Yeah, I mean, I think when I the first film project I worked on was a, this uh, documentary. It was a feature doc, and I was really scared because, you know, I had never scored a feature film before. <laughs> and I Big was so step. new to, <laughs> yeah, and I was so new to scoring. So it was really scary. Uh, but you know, I think like 
it, you know, it comes around to like story. If you, if you can follow a story, if you can feel a story, no matter what medium you're in, you know, you're still doing the same thing. Yeah. And so that's kind of, you know, where I felt like, okay, I can do this, but it was, it was, it was scary at first, just me, you know, the thing in the film world that I've noticed is that the timeline is pretty quick. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I used to spend years, you know, recording an album of like 10 tracks. And now like I have to write 30 tracks for a film in like two months, Yeah, (laughs) you know, so, you know, that is different and, um, and it's scary, but I think, you know, as you go, you get used to it. (laughs) It's like here, be creative really fast and on time. (laughs) And on time. Yeah. Yeah. And and be good. (laughs) Have to be good stuff. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to correct myself actually from earlier. It was actually 2018 was the year that we, that we met at Dakita because the film that you were representing there was Lati, that silhouette girl, which was a very fascinating documentary. And thank you. I remember seeing that and just knowing that the, the, the music, I remember we all felt like the music had a very kind of Danny Elfman, Tim Burton, very like fantasy-esque aspect. And it was really just captivating, but bringing me to where on say like on your, your IMDb page, it gives you about like 31 composing credits. How accurate do you think that is as far as the amount of work that you've done in film? Um, you know, I'm not really great with like keeping up with <laughs> IMDb, but I, you know, there's a lot of good films. I think that, you know, that don't get up there, I think. Um, and especially like short films that I, I just like really love, um, being a part of that, you know, they, they're just really trying to, to you know, like they have different goals. Like they're not trying to, you know, be like number one on IMD or climb the IMDb ladder. They're not trying to do anything right now, but experiment with their art basically. And so, you know, so a lot of those fun projects aren't, aren't there. Um, I, um, you know, I think like it's, it's, you, your, your question actually is, is interesting and something I've been thinking about uh, as far as, you know, having credits and then also like maintaining the artistry and what you're doing as an artist and growing as an artist. And, um, you know, it's a fine line because, you know, to, to start getting like studio, big films and, and stuff like that, you need the credits, but I don't know. I think taking the time to grow and really doing the experimental stuff is just as important. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, 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 I, I've, push myself to to make an album every couple years um to kind of to, to allow myself to grow and not be on a two-month deadline or whatever <laughs> yeah no i i i can understand that I can feel that um one of the one of the earlier credits i found was uh the cinderella shadow ballet yeah Wait, was that one i've personally never seen it but that was in kind of the same vein of the the lachi documentary yes well it's a lottie reiniger film so, so for, for me, like six years ago, I came across Lottie Reiniger's work. Maybe it was, oh gosh, I think it's even longer than that. <laughs> I've got the pandemic blur right yeah. now. I don't, 2020 I don't, didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, I really fell in love with her work. And I was um, getting a master's actually in film scoring. 
And I um, was looking for a thesis project and came across her work, knew nothing about her. And of course, discovered that she uh, is a pioneer in film animation, made the first feature length animation film. Um, and so I went down this whole thing. I, I, I recorded that as my thesis project, recorded it with an orchestra, went to festivals with that. And I, I went to a festival. Do you guys know the, the SCAD festival, um, the Savannah Film Festival? Mm -hmm. I'm familiar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that, so that film festival is really interesting because it's connected to SCAD. And it's, they're, they're a huge art school. And they have a great animation program. So they decided to screen this film. And it's pretty much Lottie's original film. A little bit. You know, I played with it a little bit. Uh, my co-director Elizabeth and I played with it and I wrote a, a, the score to it and and I was just so shocked at this animation school about the people uh, the kids they they didn't know who she was and that made me want to do the documentary um, and because I feel like she you know had been written out of history Mm -hmm. And and speaking of, we're working on a feature now about wow. Lottie. Oh, very cool. Going. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> well, when it so you you and Elizabeth co-directed the documentary. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that so you're you're pretty involved with these with some of these projects as far as you know, just in the director's chair as well as in the in the composer's chair as well. Yeah, you know, it's funny because my partner, she is, she comes from the architect world, architecture world. So she's an architect and, you know, and I've, I'm a composer, a musician, and we just had this subject land in our lap. And the more involved we got in it, like after our short, we had people who we met a very good friend of Lottie's. He was very young when he was friends with her. And then, you know, he, he gave, gave us stuff. He gave us a, a whole new story. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, and, and so, you know, we thought we were done with it. And so it's just like, I, I, I don't, yeah, I'm a, I'm a director, but I, I, I will say that I'm a director for this. And it, this is the story that just keeps unfolding. Um, uh, so, but you know, Elizabeth is really the visual person, like when it comes to an with the animation and overseeing the visuals and, um, and, you know, and we pave out the story together. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, that was a really, I think top to bottom, it was just a very, you know, interesting story and the way that you guys told it by kind of emulating her style of the animation and, and making that, you know, drive the story forward was, was really interesting. And, and, um, so I just kind of wanted to ask you next, like, what are some, cause I want to get to, to another question down the line, but what are some stuff maybe like in between that, that maybe you have thought about like directing or producing or, you know, besides composing? Um, we, we have another project that has been brewing uh, about a Italian singer in Italy named Milva. And we're slowly working on that. Um, project and the project's really close to me um because i lost my my mom uh like oh gosh like 15 years ago suddenly in a car wreck and you know as an adult i am like kind of discovered like learning things about her right that you know i just didn't have that relationship with her and one of the things was uh, i was going through her old record collection and i found this singer milva in it and and my mom immigrated from italy uh, 
around the age of like 25 or, or 20, her early 20s. And, um, and so I, you know, started listening to this music and like, and came to learn that she was her favorite singer. And so we flew to Italy <laughs> oh, wow. and we actually got to meet with her and um, she's been out of the public eye for many years now. Uh, she's 82 and, um, and she has a fascinating story. I mean, she, um, they call her the Panther of Goro. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And um, she's fierce and she's done so many styles of music. Um, and um, I just find her really fascinating. So we're, we're, we're working on a story uh, with her. And in fact, uh, Morcone, uh, Enya Morcone did a whole, uh, uh, composed a whole album for her. I mean, wow. I, yeah. So, I mean, she's very well respected and yeah. very talented. And um, so that's, that's been brewing as well. We have that. Um, awesome. It's very cool. And I've been also working on a musical for called Hurricane okay. that has been brewing uh, for the last four years with um, a librettist named uh, Corey Hinkle. He does a lot of plays here in L.A. And um, and yeah, it's, you know, an interesting it's kind of uh, different, really different from my compositions for films. It's um, country and blues influence. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. And, um, and so it kind of reminds me more of my band days because I used to live in Austin, Texas. So, uh, you know, it's kind of got like a singer songwriter country blues vibe and um, and it takes place in Texas. So uh, that's been a real fun project. And we are actually trying to get it into a podcast type. Oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Since theater is shut down completely. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, yeah. One question I have, and, and this kind of comes from me because people ask, people ask this question of us when, when we're at festivals and such as they go, Oh, how do you go about doing what you do? And it's, that's always such a interesting question because, you know, what Carlos and I do, it's so specific and so different. And I could never, you know, claim that, Oh, I'm going to go sit down at a piano and start composing something, <laughs> you know? Um, so for all of us who don't know, like, what it's like to be in that chair what is your process from from beginning you know from the from when you sit down to work on a project like do you start deciding like instrumentation or like what what influences or vibes you go for or do you just kind of let story dictate or what yeah. what's your process yeah it starts with story hands down like i i so you know i mainly work in front of a computer which, you know, drives me crazy. Uh, so, you know, so for me, like, you know, whether it's a film, you know, play anything, I have to know the story. I need to know the characters and I need to, um, you know, I, I, I kind of start thematically that way and, and really have like, you know, an understanding of what the emotion, the emotional arc is. And then I step away and I'll either go plunk something out at the piano or, um, you know, just give myself the space. A lot of times I'm primarily, my first instrument is singing. Uh, and so I just take my phone and I'll sing themes or, and, and stuff like that. And, but like away from the computer and not being locked into any type of time, you know, um, because film scoring is just, everything is locked, right? You're, there's a, a tempo map, you, you are yeah. locked when you're in there, right? 
So, and then once I get that down, then I start playing with, you know, when, when it comes to film score and I'll start, you know, thinking about the instrumentation and just kind of playing some vibes with the director. I mean, it's such a collaborative process. I mean, um, you know, going back and forth with the director, feeling, you know, making sure that like, you know, I'm not like writing a, a solo work here, right? So I just want to make sure that this is supporting what he's what he envisions, he or she envisions in, in their film. So, you know, I think that is the next step. And then as we feel like, oh, the vibes are there, the, it's the right sound, it's the right tone, then we, um, we start going into the, the fine cut or the, you know, and start getting in there and actually writing all the cues. <laughs> yeah. Do you think you find yourself more like attracted to uh, melodic motifs or tones or, you know, what, or is that also a story based decision? I mean, it depends on the film. I would say like one of my strongest points, I'm, I'm, I really love to write thematically like themes. Themes are like, I just love to, I, I will be, have the most exhausting day, but <laughs> I'll be in my bed and I will like hum, a th like hum something into my phone and just sing a little something and get it down. And, I, and I'll know like, this is for that character. This is for that. <laughs> you know, I'm just so into it. So not, that's the most natural part for me. Um, I think, you know, when it comes to, you know, some, some films, they don't really, themes like that don't work, you know, like the, it needs to kind of be more sparse and more yeah. ambient. Mm -hmm. And so those films, it's kind of like, you know, you just got to like, let it breathe. It's kind of like meditating, you know, you just got to yeah. give it the space it needs and, um, and work from there. And, um, and I also will say that like, you know, whether I'm writing a thematically heavy score or a score that is, um, you know, you know, kind of more ambient, I have to um, think of the silence and always consider the silence, you know, um, and, and, and the space, you know, that's, that's my, absolutely. No, that's my first note. I, I say that's the first note that I write, not, not to get all John Cage on you guys. <laughs> But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, it's some scores. I'm lucky that there's a budget where we can get other instruments after like an orchestra or, or, you know, a small string section or something. And that's always just like, you know, a whole new level, you know, like you think, Oh, the score sounds great as is but then you get like real humans in there <laughs> and, and more emotion and more depth you get more depth and, and all of a sudden uh, you're crying <laughs> like, oh my god this is so much better <laughs> oh yeah. yeah no i think being able to well because kyle and i we've worked with a composer a couple times for our most recent films uh my documentary becoming rich and then his film sarah and working with him has basically kind of like opened our eyes to this world of uh, music and collaboration. Because Kyle and I both played instruments growing up. Kyle played the violin, I played piano and the drums. But it wasn't anything we took like beyond just like something we enjoyed doing with our friends. But it's just been it's it was always so daunting to me to sit at the piano and think of like I you know I can't come up with something. And so doing that. And working with the composer really broadened our perspectives to not only that, but also collaboration. 
because yeah. working as a storyteller, because the musician and the composer is also a storyteller in their own right. So um, what do you have to say about that? Like, what kind of stories do you like to tell with your music? Well, you know, for films, it's it's really about supporting the story that's there, right? And and so, I mean, I, I'm a, I personally love films that I do love films in the horror genre, but like I, beyond that, I, I actually really like psychological thrillers, things that like, um, I love documentaries. I love biopics. I kind of love all, you know, it's, it's really like, <laughs> I kind of love all films and you like, go, you love a good story. I love a good story. It, it really comes down to the story over the genre. And, you know, it's funny, like, um, sometimes, you know, especially when it comes to like horror stuff or, or like comedies, comedies, I find this a lot where you, if you isolate the music or you listen to the music later, it's not even, it doesn't even sound yeah. like comedic music. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I kind of just gravitate towards these stories that are, that are good. And, um, and, you know, where the music can do something and, and, and help help shape the story out even more. You know, I have this theory that uh, comedies are the most difficult film to make <laughs> yeah. out of all of the, all different kinds of films. And yeah. it, specifically, even from that point of view, the music, because you're right, there are certain like comedy films that have scores that I'll listen to just completely separate. And yeah, you'd never know that was a comedy. Yeah. You know, it's like this really yeah. beautiful <laughs> heart tugging piece of music. And you're like, oh, it's from whatever slapstick bit or whatever. It's like, no, it's, still like there's yeah. so much thought and care and creativity into every bit but to come off as comedy and to be comedic to get up that kind of laugh reaction that's hard that's hard yeah <laughs> and you know the timing is hard yes too. it's everything you, know, you have to i often find if i'm writing something for comedy that you know i'll take the music i wrote and move it back a couple beats <laughs> and that then it aligns perfectly nice. you know because yeah. you, you can't get ahead of the joke <laughs> yeah or the punchline right and you know so um and, and you know like i and working with uh sandra bernhard on stage that was so great a great lesson for comedy for me like um you know she her music it's not slapstick right. comedy so you know that's a field that i really like a lot when it comes to comedy is not being so right on the nose right but, yeah yeah absolutely and well and, and kind of to piggyback on that note is you know in regards to you know not only contemporaries but just like the the world of film composing in general uh would you i mean you everybody has influences but who would you say your influences are and oh. or just the, the ones you admire. <laughs> I have so many. You know, I always, of course, Danny Elfman is one of my favorites. Um, but I, I really love Jerry Goldsmith. A classic, uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, just his music's fascinating. Um, I love, I'm, I really love Laurie Anderson. I know she does, she's kind of more of an all-around composer, mm -hmm. but she's done some scores. Um, I love, Phil, you know, same with Philip Glass. Yeah. He's kind of in that boat, right? Um Gosh, I mean, there's just so many great. I uh, I really like uh, Leslie Barber and uh, Laura Cartman, who's actually mm -hmm. a good friend uh, of mine. Um, she just did. Uh, um, oh my goodness, the name is uh, 
it's escaped my mind, but it's just, a, it's an HBO show that's out right now. Oh, wow. Um, very that's cool. That's really great. And, um, and Lovecraft uh, Country. Oh, yeah. very cool. Yeah. There we go. I was trying. <laughs> very nice. I, you know, I had like the artwork and everything. Yeah. Yeah. The, the aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. And so, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I find myself inspired all the time by, by different composers. Um, you know, it's, listening i love listening to music i you know it's just i I try to go out for walks every day and do it and um and i I really believe in that that pool that we all kind of inspire each other you know Mm -hmm. well and um you mentioned something earlier about the the more specific or weird or out there projects that you do in between are just as important as the big ones. And oh yeah, I absolutely agree with that because it, it it's all, in fact, those are the times where it's like, you're totally allowed to mess up and make mistakes because then you yeah. learn from those mistakes for the bigger ones. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say is like, especially early on as you were kind of getting into this world, um, what were some maybe like mistakes that you made that then became uh, like important assets for you as you went on? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. That's good. I mean, well, with film scoring, there's so many mistakes that you could make literally on every movie because you're managing so much music. And if you don't have a big team behind you and you're just scoring it yourself and maybe you have one person prepping the scores for you, there's so much that can go wrong. (laughs) There's so much that can go wrong. So it's like, I think the the thing is, is that, you know, I used to sit there and perfect my, my music like I would for an an album that I had two years to write. Right. And so sitting there perfecting it, mixing it, blah, blah, you know, you got to move faster than that. So it's like, you know, you, in a way you got to just work fast, trust yourself. And then when you get to the recording session, you have to wing it. You got to step up and you got to make, you got to fix the mistakes and you, you just, that's, it's, it's less preparation. So just get in, in that mindset of like, it's going to be okay. You're going to catch it. You can fix it, but don't keep polishing that track. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even just the setup process is so important. Yeah. And I can speak to that from the editing point of view. I was just going through some of our old hard drives earlier today and I was coming across my like student projects and I'm like, oh, the organization on this project oh, yeah. so bad. <laughs> my file you know, structure is horrible. <laughs> it is. That is a big thing. Being able to be organized is yes. such a huge part, you know, um, you know, and, and having a, a way you know, it's interesting that we're, we're having this conversation and you guys are filmmakers and, and editor, like, but for composers to communicate with you and, and for us to have this really good communication as we're working on 50 minutes of music together in two months, like, you know, being able to really to move forward and not get stuck yeah. on things and, and get lost. And, oh, that, that, that was that cue. And so yeah. I, I've really gotten super, super organized. Yeah. And, okay. and it goes and, and the, the collaboration process is, is so important to understand that that, you know, a lot of people don't understand that they do think like, you know, oh, the director of photography, he's in charge of that or the composer there. It's like, no, it's everybody's involved as far as yeah. collaborating together i mean when we were working on sarah and i was working with our composer there were a few tracks that uh we he gave me a a draft early on and it was like you know this is great music but 
oh, this does not fit the scene whatsoever. It kills the scene or kills the mood. And you have to be able to be honest about that kind of stuff. And vice versa. He let me know like, oh, hey, this scene just does not work. It's really dragging down the movie right here or stuff like that. And you got to be open to hear that and then go back and forth on that. Well, honesty is key. You don't don't want to lead someone on that. Uh, I don't really like this, but we're going to go with it anyways. No, you're going to end up making something you don't like. Well, that is like a it's an interesting thing because it happens. And as a composer, you have to be ready for that, you know, and and take yourself out of it or take your ego out of it because it's not about you. Right. And and, 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 you know, and I think coming from the band world or from the artist world, when you go into the film composing world, you're like, Oh, I'm an artist. I'm just, (laughs) I'm just making this music. And it's like, no, you, you know, sometimes, you know, it's funny at film scoring school, they're like, they kind of give you this talk (laughs) about, you know, how many versions and everyone's talking about how many drafts they did. And, you know, but you know, you have to take yourself out of it. I've, yeah. I've written cues for films that were beautiful, but that then, you know, the, the, the director was like, no, you know, I just want <laughs> one note. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? He was right. You know, they were right. You know, like it worked for that scene. Like it was completely overwritten and, and it's okay. Like and you just that, keep that stuff and release it as the lost tracks. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know what? You got to be okay with two. And I, I've, this has been a big thing for me over the last six years. It's just writing a piece that I was so, oh, this is great. And then just being like, no, that doesn't work. Yeah. Like, see ya. Yeah, it'll and it'll come back. It'll probably come back, but it's okay. Like, I'm and this not applies a... to all aspects of the process. It happens in writing. It happens when you're shooting. It happens when you're editing, and it happens when you're composing. And that's it's so cool that technically we all have the same shared experience that way. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, yeah. When you're when you're crafting a story, and you have you obviously kind of you lead yourself on in a in a sense of like you get these ideas in your head of, Oh, it's going to look like this. It's going to sound like this. It's going to feel like this It's going to make me feel a certain way. We were just shooting a short this past uh, month. Uh, me and my friends, it was pretty ambitious te- technically with, with the camera work. And we wanted it to look a certain way. We wanted it to evoke a very specific emotion. Right. And in our first camera test, we were like, this is not going to work. <laughs> we need to completely, we need to rethink because my original idea to give some context, the whole, the whole film takes place from the perspective of a cat. So we're, <laughs> we're trying to, to get the camera in a place where it looks like, you know, you're low to the ground. And we had the idea of doing it with like a, a Ronan gimbal. And the original idea was to like crouch down and hold the camera like straight on as you're moving around. And I'm like, yeah, no, we cannot have a camera <laughs> operator walk like that. That's you're gonna have to have back surgery after a full shoot. But um, you know, it just took us putting our heads together, abandoning the original idea, and just kind of like, all right, let's figure this out. Let's do it. And you know, walking away from the original idea, yeah, was it was it weird? A little bit, but in yeah. the end, I'm really happy with how it came out, and so is everyone else. So it's all about just kind of not being too attached to things. And that, that leads me to my next question, because if you're scoring something that isn't necessarily yours, as far as a film, you know, working with another director, 
a lot of filmmakers tend to like, uh, you know, tend to use temp music and temp tracks in their, in their films. Yeah. How do you feel about it when certain people get like, like, do you prefer when they are married to the temp track and want to just almost copy it? Or do you prefer when you're kind of given free reign to do what you want? The temp track is like the love hate relationship. <laughs> with <Kuala Lumpur. laughs> Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I'll, again, speaking for myself, but the temp track for me, it's not something that I, I want to exactly replicate, you know, and, and you know, it, it's there to, sh- you know, there's something about this music. There's something there that the director is attached to, but I'm not convinced that it has to be that exact piece of music because right. I think the music specifically written for that scene will serve it better. Yes. Um, so, you know, but I do, sometimes I do find temp tracks uh, helpful, um, especially if, you know, the editor is, uh, r- you know, if there's beats that the editor is following, it's, you know, it gets me into that, uh, that pacing and, it, you know, I'm, I'm locked in with the editor. And uh, it's funny because a lot of times I don't, I end up talking to the editor, you know, I, I'm just really mainly dealing with the director at times, or maybe the director is the editor and, and, and whatever. So, but, you know, I think it's, it's cool to have it in there and it's helpful. I think I've also been in the position where uh, the temp music that was in the film was ridiculous, like, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Um, it was like, uh, I, I, I don't like clubhouse, <laughs> like, I don't even know what era. Okay. Like it was, <laughs> it was, it was crazy. And it just didn't, it had nothing to do with the film. It was just completely, they used it for timing. Um, and I thought in that case, even though they were following the beats editing, it was completely useless and I shut it off. Um, you know, because it's like, you want to be able to feel, you know, I'll feel, I just felt like it would be better off. I'd be better off feeling the, the movement <laughs> of the film. Yeah. I would probably catch the tempo anyways. And so, you know, it depends how the director and editor use it. Um, yeah. It could be, um, you know, the language that it's the beginning of the conversation. Um, when I work with a, a director, like who's doing the first time, like they're working with a composer, I actually recommend that they put temp music in it um, just so they know more what they want, because I've mm-hmm. been in this situation where of like the filmmakers not sh- has no idea what they want as mm-hmm. far as music and what mm-hmm. or what they want the music to even do you sit down for the spotting session and they're like just make music <laughs> yeah and I, you know and, and and you know and you i you know i'll give them suggestions but i i i prefer to get in there once they know like, mm-hmm. like as a director, they, they've got to know like what they want the music to do. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, they have, they have to tell the editor what to do. They have to tell the cinematographer what to do, you know? So it's the same, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that leads me to one of my next points, which is um, what I remember after meeting you at that film festival and seeing your updates on social media was when you uh, started working on the film Porno. It has a very interesting title. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, you want to spell uh, it for that, our listeners? Yeah. <laughs> how did how did that come up? Because I remember seeing that it was. I mean, it was picked up by Shutter, which yeah. which is a 
pretty major uh, horror streaming service. So how did you land that gig and, and what exactly, what the hell is that film? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the ultimate question. Yeah. I mean, so I, uh, in 2018, I was part of the Sundance Lab for music and, uh, and sound design. And so I had gotten into that lab and um, they actually found the film porno. Like they, (laughs) (laughs) and and they paired me up with the film. And it it was really funny how it all went down, you know, because, you know, they're like, I got the phone call. You got in to the lab, you know, and the film you're scoring is called porno. (laughs) I was just thinking before then, oh, Sundance, this is going to be like this prestigious thing, you know, and, and like that lasted for five minutes. And, (laughs) and, um, but it, but it, but I watched the film and I thought it was so funny. And, um, and I actually like, as I got to talking with, Kaola, the director at the lab, we, we ended up, you know, working on it together. I felt that it was a great fit for me. Um, you know, the, the film basically uh, is a story about these kids uh, in the 90s in a small town, you know, basically a, a succubus comes uh, back t- uh, and haunts them in this theater uh, because they unleashed this demon watching a porno. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah i mean so it's 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 a fun it's a funny cute film and um and um i thought it like the the succubus in the film doesn't really uh speak and so i ended up singing a lot and kind oh, wow. of thing with my you know so my music kind of became a character so that's i felt like it was a great fit for me and my voice and um and uh thankfully uh you know and luckily you know i was able to work on the project after sundance and um and it was a real fun experience yeah that, that's awesome. And I remember just seeing so much come out about that movie as far as, you know, reactions and just the, the attention it was getting. Like, I imagine that must have been exciting and just pretty, pretty yeah. you know, as, a, as a creator. Yeah, no, it was really cool. I, re- I really, you know, I um, through it, uh, I got to work with Lakeshore Records, which was really exciting. They're, my, you know, a, a label that I love. And, you know, to actually for them to be interested in putting that out was really exciting. Um, and, um, I was really happy about that. And, 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 you know, I still, my family, I don't think has really seen it yet, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, (laughs) it's a little out there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, if it's on, if it's on shutter, I'll have to, I'll have to give it a watch. It's something I haven't ventured there yet. Um, but I'm, I'm really intrigued at least to, to see, you know, to hear the music and see, see your work, but, um, yeah, so you've kind of talked about what you got cooking up right now, but um, what would you say as far as if you you had something that you could have complete creative control over, whether it be directing, writing, composing, what would it be? Would it be a film, an album, or would it be maybe a mixture of both, like you mentioned with this musical? Like, what was kind of like your dream project that you'd like to, to control? Ooh, oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um well, right now, I mean, it's really between my musical, but it's it really is this uh, Shadowmaker project that I've been working on. It's the new Lottie feature. Um, but I'm so involved in this project in so many different roles from writing, um, directing, 
than the music. And it's like, I, I don't know. And just also the personal relationships uh, with, with people that have been involved with, with Lottie Reiniger. And so it's really been this project that on so many levels I've been able to, you know, it's, it's just always there. I'm yeah. always constantly thinking about it. And so for me, it would be this project. I think um, being able to think uh, musically, but also visually and, 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 and storytelling, it's, it's a dream project for me. Yeah. Well, that's Very awesome. Cool. And yeah. Kyle, do you have any, any, any thoughts? No, just that, that, that it's been great, you know, hearing about your experience and, you know, kind of con confirming what everybody else has been saying on, on this show, which is just hearing from people and their experiences about what it's like collaborating, working together, working with other people. And no matter if they've been photographers or first ADs or composers or uh, just any, any walk of life in the film industry, it really boils down to and comes down to working for the goal of the, you know, the film. Yeah. The director has the vision and all that, blah, blah, blah. But right. it's really the film, the film wants to be seen. The film has a story that wants to be told and it's up to everybody involved to, uh, to tell it. So it, it's really cool that everybody that works in this industry really has to come at it from a sort of selfless perspective, yeah. you know, which I don't think a lot of people, understand and when they do it's really cool and, the, and they see that and you get that like aha moment and they're like oh i see it's and that's what's that's what i love about the filmmaking process yeah that's i mean it's that's you nailed it right there <laughs> yeah no 100 percent. i think collaboration is the key and yeah no matter what department you're in you're you're gonna have to either go through or talk to someone about about the creative process and i think you know, when it comes to, especially Kyle and I, the way we collaborate on things, it's, it's actually kind of passive at times, you know, it's, it's very, you know, we do one thing and then we pass it to the other guy and then we're like, no, no, I'm just going to change that. Okay. Yeah. And then we give our notes. <laughs> very rarely do we find ourselves like, you know, hunched over a desk together working on stuff yeah. and, and yeah. it's just whatever, whatever works for us. And, and it's been different here, you know, here at the university, um, we're starting post-production on a short and it is all of us huddled over one laptop trying to figure out, you know, what, what's going on. And, and it's just a different creative style for each project. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. So if I would have one last thought for you to touch on is, um, you know, just outside of projects that said, well, this, where, where are you going from here? Where, where's, where's your goals? Yeah, I think my goals is to my, my my big goal is to continue to reinvent what I'm doing, and uh, you know myself and and just grow. I just want to grow. Yeah. I want my music to grow. I want to grow as an artist. I you know I just I want to push myself. I just started learning how to play the cello. <laughs> That's my <Hey>. new. Nice. <laughs> That's my new adventure. Um, I, you know, I, I, I love learning and I just, I want to continue to learn and grow. That's great. Couldn't have put it better. One quick question. Where can people listen to your work? You know, uh, just at carlapatulo.com. Yeah. It's, I, I have everything there. Like I think I have music on Spotify and uh, Apple music and stuff, but um carlopatulo.com you can find everything <laughs> awesome and we'll make sure to put that link at the end too is okay the, cool. is the lati short um uh, streaming anywhere right now it is it's actually available on vimeo demand 
Okay, uh, very cool. Yeah, so I think I think you can just search it there. But if you go to Lottie-Movie.com, all that info is there. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd love for more people to to be able to see that and get introduced to. Yeah, to, to all you listeners and viewers out there, it's very cool and definitely yeah. worth a watch. We will we will Thank plug you. that in the description of this podcast. Um, so I believe that's it for for this Thank episode. You. Thank you so much for. Thank you for uh, having me. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, it was a no brainer for me. I was, I was like, we got to have Carla on the show because it's been amazing. <laughs> it's been amazing kind of seeing uh, where you've been going. But um, yeah, so thank you to all our listeners and for everyone tuning in on Spotify. Uh, be sure to follow our social media, which is at SuperImageLTD on all handles. And we will be plugging all the, the links and socials for Carla and her music and her and her work with Elizabeth on there as well. For everyone watching on YouTube, you get to see us. So thank you for watching and um, be, stay tuned for the next episode next week. Yep. Thursdays at 11.